Hi, everyone. This is Podcast for Patients with the Aplastic Anemia and MDS International Foundation. I'm Lee Clark, Director of Patient Services. Our podcast series is brought to you thanks to the generous support of our patients, families, and caregivers like you and our wonderful corporate sponsors. Thank you, everyone, for supporting the series. Today, we're talking about chemo brain with Dr. Jorge Dietrich, who is the director of the Cancer and Neurotoxicity Clinic and Brain Repair Research Program at Mass General Hospital Cancer Center. Welcome, Dr. Dietrich. Thank you very much for having me. So let's start out. What is chemo brain? Yes, chemo brain is not a scientific or medical term, but it uh, has been historically understood as a syndrome that occurs in patients treated with usually high-dose chemotherapy regimen for systemic cancer. And as a consequence, patients describe and suffer from an altered brain function that usually involves their cognitive abilities. And As I said, historically, this has been uh, described very frequently in patients treated for breast cancer, lung cancer, or even hematological malignancies. And over the years, it became clear that this spectrum of underlying conditions that are treated with chemotherapy options is including a very wide range of cancers with different probabilities to develop this condition of chemo brain. I would also like to mention that studies have identified frequencies in which such syndromes can uh, be present and evolve, and that ranges up to 70 to 80% of patients being affected. The good news, however, is that most patients develop only very mild symptoms Often these are reversible and uh, patients return to their usual uh, neurological function and cognitive abilities prior to treatment. And it will be important, as we can discuss in this session today, to rule out important other factors that could contribute or influence the manifestation of various symptoms. Thank you for that. And what are the signs and symptoms that a patient should be looking for if they feel they are suffering from chemo brain? The most uh, commonly reported and described symptoms affect memory function. Patients typically would mention that their short-term memory is not as good and they tend to forget things that were just discussed uh, on a given day or in a previous conversation. As a consequence, uh, often reduced attention, altered concentration on a specific task, and a heightened distractibility is described. And therefore, patients often then have difficulties with multitasking and uh, altered executive function. That means certain tasks that are planned and are supposed to be executed cannot really be done in an efficient manner. Are there some things that a patient can do to help reduce the symptoms of chemo brain? Yes. Most critically, I think the necessity to bring up these symptoms and their concerns 
to their medical provider, their primary care physician or any other doctor of trust that they would like to run these symptoms by. The reason is that a comprehensive medical evaluation is necessary to identify other contributing factors to such symptoms, namely mood alterations or depression, sleeping difficulties, metabolic syndromes or vitamin deficiencies, patients with anemia or altered thyroid function can have similar symptoms that they report. And that often then leads, uh, after a comprehensive medical assessment, to a more dedicated cognitive assessment with a neuropsychologist. And the goal of such an assessment is to uh, really better characterize the degree and pattern of cognitive dysfunction and the domains of brain function that are mostly uh, affected. If this is all done and uh, everybody agrees that the patient indeed suffers from the consequences of prior treatment, then what patients can do most effectively uh, and contributing to their recovery is regular physical exercise. That's number one. That has been proven in many clinical studies and also in preclinical studies and investigations to help brain function to recover, to form new networks in existing brain structures, and therefore increase the overall brain function. Uh, Second, working on a restorative sleep is considered key in any successful intervention. If the sleep is not optimal, then patients will continue to have daytime fatigue and altered cognitive function. Third, I think relaxation techniques or uh, stress-reducing interventions have been successfully employed. Patients who are overweight or obese can work on a a diet regimen and altered nutrition uh, to reduce weight and therefore, along with the increased physical activity, contribute to their recovery. And then lastly, I think from basic sciences, we have learned that engaging in in new activities or learning a new skill set is often allowing the brain to open new channels for function and uh, considered using the keyword of environmental enrichment to help patients recover and basically return to their previous level of, of function. And then lastly, I would mention that besides these tasks and interventions that patients can contribute to, that certain uh, pharmacological interventions can be done and that needs to be discussed with their physician. What is cognitive rehabilitation? Cognitive rehabilitation has an important role in this uh, disorder or this syndrome. It is considered a uh, systematic and functionally oriented therapy that is based on a patient-specific cognitive deficits. It is offered as such in various settings. It can be uh, done as an outpatient or an inpatient settings, in rehab centers, or even in nursing facilities. The goal really is to identify areas of brain function that are most affected and that can be supported and promoted through cognitive uh, compensation strategies and cognitive training. So this classically then involves uh, computer-based training techniques to improve memory function. And there are also holistic approaches that uh, involve the therapeutic 
intend in the patient's community so that you really try to apply a, a real-world setting uh, where such deficits are most pronounced to help patients compensate and find ways to practice and uh, teach certain skills where they have the most difficulties with. Is there research being conducted currently to better understand chemo brain and to look for treatments? Yes, absolutely. So research plays a major role in understanding this condition, especially over the last 10, 15 years, major breakthroughs have been made in this condition. Namely, it has been identified which areas of the brain and which uh, cell types of uh, brain and neural networks are mostly affected in the context of exposure to chemotherapy. We now know that the insulating fibers and uh, cell types called oligodendrocytes that ensheet nerve endings and axons are very vulnerable to the effects of systemic chemotherapy. But besides that, diverse mechanisms have been identified, such as uh, chronic inflammatory responses in the brain that really interfere with normal brain function. And one has also understood uh, increasingly the genetic underpinnings of such syndromes to understand why certain individuals are more affected than others, and not everybody exactly in the same way. So research also has, besides identifying causes of chemo brain, helps to make inroads to the treatment options that might arise or are being developed. Uh, there are pharmacological interventions that are uh, designed to promote myelin health, so uh, the health of these oligodendrocytes that I mentioned, to increase brain plasticity and to reduce perhaps cancer therapy-related brain aging mechanisms. The goal really is to limit the toxicity and impact of cancer and cancer therapy on brain structure. And there are a number of clinical trials being conducted currently to test for novel pharmacological uh, agents to be employed. Um, that all said, while the research activity is high in this field and increasing, uh, we have really not yet established a standard of care approach that would allow us to really offer certain treatment interventions, pharmacological interventions to any patient with such syndrome. But I am personally hopeful that in coming years, uh, this will change with all the current research activity I'm seeing. Thank you so much, Dr. Dietrich, for sharing your time and your expertise with all of us today. If you'd like to find out more about chemobrain and other information about bone marrow failure diseases, you can find this information on our website, which is aamds.org. You can also contact us at our helpline at 800-747-2820 or follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a good day.